The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking in front on wait, let me try that again. In front of a live studio audience via Zoom, virtually for social distancing purposes, courtesy of the East Middle Public Library, for our 38th live show. Um, I am here with none other than Dominic Definition Man Sprano from Pronto Comics. Hey everybody. How's it going out there in COVID land? Our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Thank you, all you vets. And our super cool guest, who we're going to be talking to, with, and about, which is awesome because he's here, writer Robert J. Sodaro. I want to thank all you uh, veterans for your service. So, I, I missed that party, but thank you for protecting me and my right to you know, sit home and make, be safe. Make funny books. Make so, funny books, yes. <laughs> So we're going to be talking to with and about uh, Bob in just a minute. But first, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention, in theory, will be on May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. And also want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, whose birthday is today, happy birthday, Newsday happy birthday. Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and the Huracan, which is a convention in a church in Long Island. If you want to get your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, uh, look up a came for real in the search bar, and just for a measly dollar, you can get your own little shout-out uh, for our show. We would greatly appreciate it. So let's take it away with the news. As always, we start off with the sad news. So um, let's see. It's a lot. Uh, it is a lot, like a lot, a lot. But uh, I'm only at a, a small chunk. And then we have more for our next show, which is a, a recording for a different week soon. Uh, sad news. Actress Carol Arthur died recently from Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Carol was in such films as Making It, Blazing Saddles, The Sunshine Boys, Silent Movie, The World's Greatest Lover, The Brady Girls Get Married, Robin Hood, Men in Tight, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, The Good, uh, the Good Bad Guy, Boys Will Be Boys, It's All About You, and Between the Sheets, just to name a few. Of note, Carol was married to legendary actor Don DeLuise and is the mother of Peter, Michael, and David DeLuise. Uh, you guys uh, know of her, her work, or her sons? Yes, I do. I know of, obviously, Dom DeLuise. And I know I've seen his sons, particularly one son, do like commercials and things like that. I couldn't peg her, though, if you needed, if I uh, had to. One, one of his sons, the one that I believe that was on 21 Jump Street, is, yes. uh, he, is uh, he is big into the production field. 
And uh, Carol was uh, was a comedian, uh, you know, overshadowed by her husband, but uh, still a prominent figure with him. So, yes, I do know of them. Uh, Bob, you know um, Carol? Are you familiar with her work? Uh, no, I'm I'm not. I, I'm familiar with the the, uh, the Deloise uh, son who was on uh, 21 Jump Street, which I did watch from time to time and actually found enjoyable. So um, she was a spry 85. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on for more sad news. Former Miss America, Eva Lianza Cornette, also died recently after being hospitalized from a head injury incurred in a fall in her home. Uh, Eva was a TV host and appeared in such shows as Entertainment Tonight, The New Attitude. I remember seeing the old Attitude show. I actually went to a taping of that. Uh, Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire, Melrose Place, The Tick, uh, the original CSI, Fear Factor, and Saved by the Bell, just to name a few. Of note, Eva was Miss America in 1993 and became the first beauty queen to adopt AIDS awareness and prevention as her platform, and one of the first title holders to refuse to wear a crown at public appearances. Uh, she was only 49. Wow. Bad. You guys are fans of the uh, beauty pageants? No. No, not really. <laughs> no. I like Paris. My, my mom was the queen of the um, she was the queen of the fair in Westport, Connecticut one year and it was i can't remember the name of the actual fair but there's a there's a photograph of her being being crowned queen of the uh, of the fair and because well my mom was a babe back in the day <laughs> and speaking of babes um <laughs> we're joined by none other than the life with jenner g's jen elise feldy well thank you hello hello oh i like, I like oh, parody hello. beauty contests i did a parody zombie philanthropy beauty pageant that was pretty cool wait so so how how do you decide who the winner is the one who's most ghoulish you know what did we do for the zombie philanthropy we uh we did the most philanthropic zombie so uh (laughs) the joke is not appropriate so i'm not going to say the joke okay this year was was wicked witch contest and we had no one won and they threw me in a garbage pail so (laughs) So, I like my parody contest. <laughs> so for zombie philanthropy, is that zombies raising money for a good cause or people raising money to help zombies? Close. There was no money involved. I'm Jewish, so we, we didn't go to that point. But I asked some other ways that they would change the world in philanthropic ways. So they one said that they would prevent people from chewing with their mouths open. I thought that was very philanthropic. Different ways they would help the community. I was, uh, I was in a film... Uh, Zombies Anonymous. Oh. Where it was a student film, and um, the, the zombies were trying to not be zombies anymore. And they were oh. not, uh, um, they were trying to, you know, it was like a 12 step program, except they were helping it in the same building that the chess club was ho- holding in. And since they want to eat brains, and I was one of the, I was the president of the chess club, they uh, wanted to eat our brains, which oh, is my so second cool. favorite organ. Where can we see this? This looks. This sounds so cool. It's online someplace. I'll 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 get the link on it and I will yeah. uh, post it in the uh, in the chat here somewhere. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, Joe Martino, um, the co-publisher of Red Anvil Comics, uh, was also in it. He he was actually invited and then he invited me and we both went up and he was a zombie and I wasn't. 
But it was very fun to be in the, in that film. Yeah, must uh, be. More moving on for more sad news. Uh, legendary award winner, award winning actor, Sir. Thomas Sean Connery also died recently of dementia. Sean starred in such films as, here we go, No Road Back, Hell Drivers, Time Lock, Tarzan's Greatest Adventure, Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, The Hill, Thunderball, You Live Only Twice, The Red Tent, The Anderson Tapes, Diamonds Are Forever, Zardoz, The Wind and the Lion, The Man Who Would Be King, Robin and, and M., Highlander, The Untouchables, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, The Hunt for October, Highlander 2, The Quickening, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Rising Sun, Just Cause, First Night, Dragonheart, The Rock, The Avengers, the yellow one, Entrapment, Finding Forrester, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, just to name a few. I Whew. think you named all of them. No, no, you should see that list. Holy crap. Or I, I could do it in my, my Sean Connery voice. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I think you named all of them, sir. Well, you, you didn't say name Never Say Never. That's See? right. You never said ne- Never, never Say Never, said never again. One of my favorites. See, that's, that's horrible. horrible. That's why it's just to name a few. <laughs> um, I remember uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We actually were on the air when, we, when the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out in the theaters. And yeah. I remember there was one line, and I, for some reason, thought it was the funniest line. And I was listening to the old episode. And when he was like, the league is shut. And I was like, it was just so the stupid. Shut. And then I was thinking, like, when the league breaks up, he goes, the league is not set. And I, was, I, just, <laughs> I don't know why that just found that so funny, but that was what stuck with me. And I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, that nonsensical movie. I yeah, liked so it. Much. Um, and I found it so weird because the last pick of the week I did yeah. was actually Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I'm like, yeah, but don't watch the movie. It's not the greatest movie. Uh, and then here he goes and dies. And it's I'm, all your fault. I'm blaming you. I'm like, yeah. It's but like, listen, am I, am I the only one Trebek, watched, you know? Am I the only one who watched Zardoz? Yes. I've never seen that. <laughs> oh, my God. It was it was more entertaining in the 70s. <clears throat> um, Is that the one where he's in a Speedo? Yes. Yeah. Hair and Speedo. That's all I saw, that image. Yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> It it does it doesn't hold up so well, but it was entertaining. Well, I read his um, obituary when he died, and it, they, at one point they said, like, you know, he's a great actor, but he was not above taking roles simply for money. I.e., when he did the big screen of the Avengers, um, the other one, <laughs> the other one, the first one, really, the first big screen Avengers, and apparently he was on inside the actor's studio, and James Limpton goes, "Why, Sean?" And his response was like, I didn't want to do it. But then my wife saw how much they were willing to pay me. She told me to do it. Because it was yeah, you know, millions it's, of dollars for whatever. Well, you know, you, I've, I've you mentioned this. Like that, but, but Nick Cage, Nick Cage has been in some, he, he's an he's a, a Academy Award winning actor. He's been in some really good films. He's been in some truly stinking films. But when you ask him about it, he says, I'm an actor. I get paid to act. So true. when a role is offered, you know what? If I'm not acting, I'm not doing my job. That's what I was going to go with. Um, his money ridiculously. That's what I was going to go with what uh, William Shatner had once said that, you know, most actors, if they're not acting, they're not getting paid. So yeah. you take the role for work. And most people, that's what you do. Right. You know, um, he speaking of Nick Cage, he and Sean Connery and The Rock, I thought it was like one of the best <laughs> action. Because it was basically the premise of what if James Bond got caught in America? Because they make him like a British secret agent 
who was trained by the best in the world and then he gets caught and he has and he has to break back into Alcatraz. I mean, like, all right, it's basically what if Bond got caught and who do they get? Sean Connery. Brilliant piece of casting. It has one of the best lines I've ever heard in the movie. The rock where, is um, set. <laughs> yeah, no, not the rock. Where Nick Cage goes like, um, you know, like, oh, I'm trying my best. And Sean Connery goes, your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and date the prom queen. <laughs> but he doesn't say date. I've made it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, were you? I, I always thought like, well, there you go. <laughs> Jen, were you, you a fan of uh, Sean Connery, Jen? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I mean, who Sean Connery is? I mean, this is like when I walk in my dad's dental office and he goes, oh, you know this person? It's like, I never know that. My answer is always no. I said, please stop asking me that in front of everyone. Usually I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of almost nobody. <laughs> so, you know. uh, Dom, uh, I, I read recently that somebody uh, uh, speculated, there, there's certain fan speculation that that was a that was a, a James Bond film, and it was meant to be a James Bond film. Pretty much, because that's exactly how you how you pitched it, and that was that was a theory on it. That yeah, it's Michael that, Bay uh, and Jerry Bruckheimer. Like, what if we do our own Bond film, but we just can't say he's James Bond? But, so anyway, to, to, to factor into that, and this is really kind of cool that uh, um, the, the Spider Man, the first Spider Man, the, uh, um, the to first Tobey Maguire Spider Man happened because marvel had you know had had given away the mar had given away uh, a, a number of um uh, uh licenses for for spider-man you know everybody everybody had a license for spider a spider-man movie and right. and and marvel finally had they had to buy back all the spider-man uh, they had to buy back all of the all of the licenses and the one that the last one they they were getting and they weren't getting they weren't going to be able to buy it was owned by the company that owned James Bond. Well, as it turns out, the uh, you probably all the never never say never was a remake of Thunderball because there was a co-writer on that, and he was right. told, and, the, and the, the the co-writer was told, you can make this film in twenty years, and he went, yeah, that's that's great, thank you. Right. So in twenty years, he made it. And it was never say never. Well, he, apparently, he wrote other he co-wrote other James Bond books with Ian Fleming. So they said supposedly. We so they went, you know what? Listen. I'll tell you what, we're going to make a James Bond film every other year. You can't make a James Bond film every other year because we make a James Bond film every year. That's all right. We'll make it in the odd year. You make it in the even years. No, no, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll uh, uh, pollute our, uh, our, 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 our brand. Lesson. Yeah, our brand. Yeah. And, and they went, all right, fine. Well, we'll make a trade. Well, what do you want in trade? We want Spider-Man. Fine. You can take Spider-Man and, you know, because no one's, no one's going to go see a, a comic book movie. And they got Spider-Man, they made Spider-Man, and Spider-Man became the biggest movie opening ever at the time. Yeah. Mm. So, Cena correspondent Charlie Saladino, were you a fan of uh, Sean Connery? Oh my, oh, my God. Big fan. Um, big, big, huge fan. I mean, I have, I have so many favorite lines, but uh, from James Bond, uh, one of my favorite roles was The Untouchables. Uh, but as far as Bond goes... What are oh you my. prepared to do now? <laughs> That's the Chicago way. He puts one in, your, in the hospital, you put one his in the morgue. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. No, um, but I remember one, one of my, the coolest lines, one of the 
best delivered lines from any Bond movie, I think. Um, Sean Connery sitting at a baccarat table and uh, in Diamonds Are Forever. And uh, sitting next to him is this very healthy young lady with a low-cut gown, Lana Wood, who played Penny O'Toole. My father plenty, would say she plenty, had a good lung span. Yeah, Plenty O'Toole. And uh, he's just... He's just playing, and she's sitting. All of a sudden, she introduces herself. She goes, I'm plenty. And he turns around, and he looks at her and says, go ahead, Dom. But of course you are. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. uh, of note, why does it do that? Of note, uh, Sean reprised his role of James Bond in the video game James Bond 007 from Russia with Love in 2005 and was knighted by the Queen in 2000. He was a uh, young, spry, 90 years old. Now, uh, Mark, have you ever, ever seen any Bond film, let alone Sean Connery's? Yes. Uh, actually, okay. I've seen, uh, I stopped watching it after Timothy Dalton. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, Remington Steele, uh, the, the, the Peter Brosnan. I stopped after him. Yeah. Um, so moving on for the last bit of sad news. Um, TV personality and game show host George Alexander Trebek also died recently from pancreatic cancer. In addition to being host of Jeopardy for 36 years, Alex was the host of other game shows such as <clears throat> Music Hop, Strategy, Pick and Choose, I guess where they pick and choose something, Wizard of Oz, High Rollers, The $128,000 Question, Pitfall, Battle Stars, Classic Concentration, Super Jeopardy, To Tell the Truth, and Game Changers, just to name a few. Um, Alex and Jeopardy was such a mainstay of pop culture that he appeared as himself in various TV shows and films such as Mama's Family, Four Keeps, Rain Man, Cheers, Predator 2, WrestleMania 7, The Golden Girls, White Men Can't Jump, Groundhog Day, Larry Sanders Show, uh, Rugrats, uh, The Nanny, Belly Hills 90210, Blossom, X-Files, Seinfeld, Ned and Stacey, Simpsons, Baywatch, The Weird Al Show, Mafia, Finding Forrester, The Charlie's Angels, the first, first movie, Pepper Ann, Family Guy, The Bucket List, How I Met Your Mother, Hot in Cleveland, Orange is the New Black, and Free Guy, the new movie with Ryan Reynolds, just to name a few. Woo! Um... Of note, Alex holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most game show episodes hosted by the same presenter, same program, uh, for hosting over 6,829 episodes of Jeopardy, overtaking the previous record holder of Bob Barker. And the final episode of Jeopardy will air on Christmas Day. Um, are we have fans of Jeopardy? Uh, Alex Trebek. What is yes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um, who isn't? I mean, how did Jeopardy not shape or be a part of your life in one way or another. Yeah, he was a, a pop culture icon. And, you know, yeah. watching all the interviews and stuff, very, very, very nice guy. And it's interesting about how he's reflecting on all this stuff. He's like, you know, I just want people to well, he is Canadian. remember me as a nice guy, that he made a difference. I'm like, dude, he's a yeah. nice guy, and he made a difference. There's uh, apparently one episode of Jeopardy where no one on the dais, none of the three contestants knew anything about football, and the whole column was football. <laughs> and it was just Trebek going like, uh, like, let's do the last one. Why not? It was literally the last column. No one knew anything. Just them standing there like, uh, and he's just like, oh, what's happened to this world? I think so, he, called, I, he went to break like, we're going to go to break and I'm going to go educate these people now. <laughs> See? Yeah. I, uh, I think the last thing I, I heard him say or thing that impressed me was uh, – he says, uh, I'm not going anywhere. My contract still isn't up. Yeah. Yeah. 
I hate to ask, Jen Jeopardy, yes, no? Yeah, I watch it all day, every day. <laughs> I, I, I listen to it when I go to the gym. I'm like, all right, we're going to run for 200. I'm part of this workout for 600. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, uh, <laughs> what am I a fan of? I he, like green juice. <laughs> he, he was a spry 80 years old. Thing is, uh, like, who are they going to get to replace him? Well, he actually was an interview where he said that he wanted to have um, Betty White as his successor because she's younger and hotter. <laughs> yes, yes why not? Why not? But like, I mean, I know he was how shooting episodes the, up until two weeks before he died. So how yeah. weird is that going to be? Yeah. Um, like, we're watching. Ferrell. We know he's gone. What was that, Charlie? Will Ferrell. <laughs> that would oh, be man. parody Jeopardy. Yes. Shaka Trebek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving on. For, so this is a sad news follow-up department. Oh, great. Um, uh, one new department of, uh, <laughs> Antonio, of the Reaper. Antonio Dimitris Ryans was arrested recently in the fatal shooting of actor Thomas Jefferson Bird, who was part of our sad news in a previous show. Uh, the police uh, had filed evidence and tips from the public and arrested him without incident in an apartment complex. Uh, actor Thomas's daughter says... We are very thankful for all the APD has done. That's the Atlanta Police Department. This gives us a little closure and relief, but there's still sadness that's there because it doesn't bring my father back. We mentioned that he had gotten shot. He was, I think, seven years old. And so, hey, they, they, they caught the guy. So, yay, allegedly, yay. That's good. At least they caught the guy. Yeah. Seriously, this news segment is starting to make me feel like I'm, I'm like that guy on airplane where every time he talks <laughs> to someone, they try and kill themselves. So, we have... This is just uh, getting morose. So let's see. Um, I think we can squeeze in this one. So from the still no screech department, as mentioned in a previous show, uh, Mario Lopez, Elizabeth Berkeley, Mark Parr Gosler, and are all reprising their roles of A.C. Slater, Jesse Spano, Zach Morris on the new Saved by the Bell uh, TV series coming to Hulu. It turns out that after initial reporting, we even said so on our show, that Lark Voorhees, who played Lisa Marie Turtle in the series, was not going to be part of the show. Lark herself after she said she wasn't going to be on the show, has announced that she will be coming back. So, of course, the one character who stayed on the show the longest, which would be uh, Screech, who, uh, as Charlie says, because he's met him, is not a jerk, is nowhere to be seen. They also, like... Go ahead. They, they, like, cut him out of, like, some People magazine reunion once, too. Like, I don't think he gets along with the rest of the cast much anymore. Oh, he doesn't play well with others like Ed Norton. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Wait, you squall with others? (laughs) But it's weird that he was the one that stayed on the show when everybody else went off on their careers. He stayed on the NBC show, became the principal of the show, and now they don't want him back. That's crazy. Well, I just saw something. Maybe you guys know what it is. I just saw something the other day. It was hysterical. The two main characters was trying to get in a club. The bouncers wouldn't let him in. And here comes Screech. They don't say his name or who he is. He, he comes over to the bouncer and goes, hey. bouncer goes, hey, how you doing? Go ahead. Go in. One of the main characters, you letting Screech in? You know. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, moving on. Oh, uh, I'm afraid to ask. Rob, are you a fan of St. Bell? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the show again? Tane? Saved by the Bell. I may have seen episodes of it, but it was uh, I, I had aged out of that uh, uh, audience. 
long before it, it began to air. Hmm. Fair, fair enough. Keep, keep like, in mind, I'm old enough to be your grandfather's. <laughs> combined, I'm just Googling, combined. I'm, I'm, I'm Googling Dustin Diamond. Do you want to guess what his middle name is? Louise? <laughs> Neil. Ha! That's funny. Wow, funny. So, <laughs> moving on. Poor guy. <laughs> this poor man. Moving on from the don't give up your day job department, actress Polly Perrette has announced that she is done with acting. Polly says, I am finally and happily retired, and this is what I was looking forward to. Actually, I retired after NCIS, but broke was important, beautiful. I did my last dance, and I am proud of it. Everybody knows that I was retiring after uh, NCIS, but I'm proud of my work. I love you guys. I am free. My life rules now, and if my rescue dogs don't care, it's cool. I only answer to God and animals and plants now. Woot. Uh, for those of you who aren't paying attention, Polly was most famous for her role of Abby Shuto in 15 years of the show NCIS. Due to previously reported issues from that show, she left and went on to start to her own series called Broke, which aired from April 2nd to June 25th of this year on CBS. Uh, the, story, the series follows a single mother who takes on her estranged sister, her husband, and their assistant after they lose their trust fund. Um, did any of you guys watch Broke? Obviously I not. That's why she's retiring. Uh. <laughs> Rob, did you see it? Uh, heard of it? Not until just a minute ago. Well, I know Dominic is a fan of NCIS. Did you even bother to watch her show? Nope. So I saw the trailer, and that was enough for me to be like, I ain't watching this. Really? Yeah, it, it, looks like, it looked like a show that was done in the 80s, but a bad show that was done in the 80s. Like now the, I would watch it. Like the comedy yeah. and the laugh tracks was just so dated and like this is what they're going to come up with now it was very sad i could just i could just see that whole meeting with executives saying you're fired well i'm quitting <laughs> out of this business yeah all right i i always i of course liked her at ncis a lot and but not I enough to it, go watch her new show <laughs> not well because she wasn't playing abby shooto now was she ah so i'm just saying um but what i think was really cool that she's done is that a lot of young ladies have watched this show and got interested in science especially forensic science science because of that character and i believe she actually has a degree in forensic science in real I believe life so too yeah um yeah. she she was she's as we've mentioned before on the show she's like 50 i know she, she looks, looks like amazing. she's 20 i know and she's been on the show for so long and she's had such a, a, a an amazing career before that it's crazy that that's all she's known for yeah, she's 51 and doesn't look a day over, like, 30. Yeah. Um, so let's see. We have – actually, we don't have enough time for this bit of news because we want to talk more about uh, Bob. So we're going to take our break. So that's it for the news. We're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi. You've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60-second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Boulder. This December, get ready for the next Marvel Comics event, King in Black. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. 
So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or independent comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you and stay safe. This is Carrie Steller from In the Girls Corner, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631 606 8166. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Hey ghoulies, this is Demon Boy, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. <laughs> now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, officially Big Up Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with our live studio audience, uh, courtesy of the East Middle Public Library, for our 38th live show. I am here with our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello! I'm here with uh, the Life with Jenner G's, Jenna Lee Feldy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we have our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Mansperano. Hello, everybody. And our super special guest who we've been talking to with and about right now is none other than writer and awesome guy, Robert J. Sodaro. Hey, that's me. Yes. So let's, let's, uh, I, I, should we go all the way back to how you started or what are you uh, currently doing? <laughs> Listen. I started reading. I, I, you know what? Let's, we can start by. Um, I'll, I'll do it as fast as I can. Let's do the abridged uh, version, the cliff notes. <laughs> the cliff note version, because if I went and everything, you know. Anyway, um, I started reading comic books in like 1961. My uncle owned a, 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 a gross, small little grocery store, and I would sit on the newsstand reading comic books and saving money by not actually spending 12 cents on the comic books, and. I read pretty much every, I was there at the dawn of the silver age. I was the, I read, uh, what was it? Flash 121 with the, the two flat, the flashes of two worlds. I read Fantastic Four number one. I read Amazing Fantasy 15. I read Hulk, the early Hulks one through eight. I, I sat there and I didn't buy any of these comic books. I actually didn't start buying comic books till I was in high school and uh, many, many years later. And uh, I, in the 1970s, I got involved in fandom, uh, working in uh, uh, for a couple of APAs, Amateur Press Alliances. And uh, among the group of people that were in those fandoms, I was actually one of the first people to actually go pro in that I got hired by um, Amazing Heroes, which was a fanographic publication. Amazing Heroes was a sister publication to, um, uh, 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 don't tell me, let me guess, uh, the Comics Journal. And uh, the way I got hired was I was working in radio at the time and 
one of the one of, one of the, I was a copywriter and one of the DJs worked was friends with the uh, Fantagraphic people who were based here in Connecticut at the time. Uh, they moved out to the West Coast years and years later. But uh, um, so I got I got hooked up with these guys. I started I wrote an article for them and then I said, hey, that was easy. I could I could do this again. And I did it again and I did it again. And if anybody out there read any comic book magazine that was published in the 80s or 90s, years a very good chance you read an article that I wrote because I literally worked for virtually every single public every single comic magazine that was published at the time from Amazing Heroes to Wizard and uh, I actually even got in touch I was able to write for a number of the uh, comic book magazine uh, publishers as well I worked for Marvel and DC and uh, Acclaim Valiant um, uh, Dark Horse I worked for uh, Rob Liefeld over at Extreme and uh, I actually in interviewed all of the original image guys, except for um, uh, one of them. And I can't remember. Wallace Portacio? No, I, I did interview uh, Will. I didn't interview um, uh, Dragon. Who is, uh, Eric, Eric Larson. Larson. Yeah. He was the only one I, I, I didn't actually interview of the original, uh, of the original uh, uh, guys. And uh, I, in, uh, I, in, the, in the 80s, I... Uh, started. I, I actually got on the other side of the desk. I started writing for. Uh, uh, I created a comic called Agent Unknown, which was published by. Uh, um, don't tell me. Let me guess. Um, anybody? 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 Um, Agent Unknown. I. I don't know. You're the. You're the comic guy, Dominic. You had. You had a hand in that. Big, uh, big Renegade two. Press. Renegade, Renegade Press. Press. Yes, Would not have even thought to guess that one. Yeah, Denny, Denny Lobert, uh, uh, Day Sims' ex-wife, was uh, who published that one. <laughs> so, and then uh, I, uh, I, I, I actually left the field for a while and came back in like 2001 and started working on comics again. You know, working, doing a lot more um, story writing than uh, reporting. But I'm still, I've been reporting. Uh, on comics still I might you can find my stuff on uh, uh, hubpages.com so what was the idea from the transition to be a reporter from being spider-man or clark kent to actually diving in to being uh, a writer for comics well i always actually wanted to write comic books and i got into writing about them with the intention of i could then meet publishers and editors and then leverage myself into writing for them and it never quite worked out that way I but like I said I did end up writing for like Marvel Age and uh, uh, the, the the DC uh, uh, their in-house uh, uh, publication uh, their press publications and I worked for and, I, and Malibu because one of the editors on oh, Malibu, Malibu. The publisher of Malibu was a, a former fanographics guy so I did I ended up working for a lot of different publishers I, I had a really good run and I I, I rather enjoyed it. And, and I worked for a bunch of non-comic publications, uh, sports cards, toy magazines and such, which was oh. all kind of cool. So I think the easier question would have been, what haven't you done? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure I can give you that answer. I'm not sure I know. <laughs> um, but it actually funny. The uh, One of the publications I worked for was uh, um, Comic Values Annual, which was a, a, a price guide at the time. And as it turns out, the one of the co-publishers of that was uh, became the register of voters in my hometown of Norwalk, Connecticut. And I had been working 
I was working for his predecessor uh, at the polls for uh, a couple of years. And when he took over, I ended up becoming his deputy. So I worked I, and I worked for him for uh, for 10 years. Wow. Um, Jen, do you have a, a question for uh, Bob? Yeah. So since you've been writing since the 80s or 90s, I did check out your website. Are there any trends that you noticed were in the 80s, 90s that aren't around now or maybe trends that were around then that have resurfaced? Wow. Um, well, uh, yeah, the, 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 the big blockbuster storyline, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the interest, the, the, the line wide crossover, the, you know, Marvel actually started the crossover kind the concept where, you know, Spider-Man would, would bump into Tony Stark and Captain America would wander across and, and, and talk to Iron Man and whatever, but, and then, then it got to be more and more. And now in, in like the, uh, in the late nineties, early two thousands, it, they started with the all the uh, the Avengers disassembled, and, and everybody had a crossover into everybody else's comic book, and and there was a big, uh, a, 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 there was a yearly meetup of everybody. So basically, whatever the writers were writing on, hmm. they would have to stop, and then they would have to do a part, become part of the crossover, and then they could go back to their own storyline. And and early early on, it seemed like the the uh, in the 60s and 70s writers were stories were uh, bottom up a writer would come to an editor and say hey i got an idea for a story and sure go ahead you know or yes or no however that worked but in, in the it, we've, we've gone the other way and it's top down the editors will say okay now we're going to do the death of superman so everybody's got to write about the death of superman everybody's got to write about secret wars everybody's got to write about crisis on infinite earths and it it's disruptive, I think, for, for the continuity of the storyline. You know, continuity is completely out the window. Everybody can do whatever they want. And yeah. I, I just read an announcement that DC is, is getting away from continuity. They want to do, you know, everybody can do whatever they want. And Well, how's that any different than DC anyway, though? Again, yeah. Because continuity is always weird. But now it's even worse with the top-down, because now it's not even top-down from the editors. It's top-down from the executives who need to have the comics tie into whatever movie's coming out this year. Exactly. Now, it, so it's it, even worse. Well, it's going to, and it's going to get worse still because the movies, the big hit movies that have come out have been based on comic books. Well, especially specifically on Marvel books, the Marvel books. Right. They're based on, on, on stories that were in the, in the comics. And, but now the comic books are reflecting back what is happening in the movies. So I'm thinking, you know, five, 10 years from now, when they're going to they're going to have to go back to the comic books. And the, the answer is going to be they're just going to be rehashing stuff that the comics cribbed from the movies that showed up in the comic books and are now going to go back into the movies. And mm. I, I just you know, I, I don't I don't know what's happening. Personally, I'm still a big fan. I'm still a Spider-Man fan. I'm still a big fan of, of the big uh, comic books. Uh, slam bang movies and, and i still like you know there are comics i still like that are published by uh, uh the major by the corporate comics but honestly i like i prefer the smaller comics that are written and produced by my friends than the corporate comics because first of all my friends are doing them and i want to support my friends second of all i don't know what's going to happen i literally don't know what's going to happen in the next book so 
it's cool. Spider-Man's always going to win. He's going to get beaten down, but he's going to come back. And I, I once when I was one of my favorite books during the 90s was uh, Spider-Girl written by Tom DeFalco. Oh, yeah. and, I ran into, and I met Tom at, a, at an event one time and I said to him, Tom, I, it was a professional event and it was just, you know, pros in the field had, were at this event. And I said, Tom, I want to be a fan for five minutes. I absolutely love Spider-Girl because it reminds me of what Spider-Man was like when I was 15 years old. And, and it's cool because there literally is no value to this comic. And Tom almost hit me. <laughs> and I said, no, was but the no value part. Well, because she, she's not the lead. She's, she's not the, the, the company spokesperson. She's not the lead character. She's not Spider-Man. She's the, make-believe daughter of an alternate timeline of Spider-Man and he can do whatever he wants and nobody cares right? because he can do whatever he wants. And he did. And it was great. It was absolutely wonderful comic book. And I would read that one first because it was very, very cool. And that to me was a, a major selling point of that comic. And, and it felt to me again, the way I, when, uh, when I was reading Spider-Man as, as a, as a teenager, because I don't know what's going to happen, but now everything's driven by marketing. And you can't, you know, when, when Doc Ock became Spider-Man, I absolutely hated the concept of Doc Ock being Spider-Man because it's wrong on every conceivable level. However, many of the stories that were in that were very, very good. And I really liked the stories. I just hated the concept. But the thing that got me through it was I knew that 10 months from, that, from when that started, Peter was going to be back as Spider-Man because 10 months from the beginning of the uh, superior Spider-Man was the second Spider-Man movie. And Peter had to be Spider-Man again. Mm -hmm. So, or not, maybe not the second Spider-Man, but, but the next Spider-Man movie was coming out and Peter had to be in the costume because you couldn't have one guy in the costume in the comic and another guy in the costume in the movies. So Charlie, right. you have a, a question for uh, Bob? Well, he just answered my question. I was just going to ask him, has he ever had an assignment that he he just didn't like and but had a right for it? So he just answered that. But what I'm going to ask him now is, with all your experience and your many years in, in this business and your love of the business, did and you are a writer, did you ever think about writing a novel about the business? I think that would be very popular. I, I have I have thought of that I have uh, I I've kind of I, I I don't have a real concept of how, what that story would be, but um, yeah I've kind of thought about writing something about you know the background I mean I think that uh, uh, Kevin Smith did a really good job in chasing Amy, but uh, um, you know to this day when anyone ever tells me that I trace I hate them for that oh yeah you I yeah and and, and don't ever don't ever tell. Uh, um, you know, uh, 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 what, who was it that was, who was actually in the movie? Jimmy Palmiotti? Uh, yeah, Jimmy, Pal Jimmy Palmiotti. I was going to say Peter, but I knew it wasn't him. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I, uh, let me just talk about a couple of the things that I've done recently. Hey, yeah. you're getting ahead of me. That was my next question. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> so, Mark, Mark, do you have a question for our guest, Mark? I do. So, Bob, what are you working on now? <laughs> well, I am working with I'm working with a group called uh, uh, Indelible Comics, and we are. Uh, you know, you just pulled the well. Enough about me. Let me talk about my book. Oh yes, you really did just pull that. I did. I did. 
Well, let's let talk start. about your books. Hold on. Let me start here. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because, because Dom is, is one of the, uh, uh, the moderators here. See here I have, look, look, there are three Pronto comics that I did. That's right. Yes. Uh, one was called Justin uh, first in flight. And this is a true story of Gustav Whitehead who flew two years before uh, the Wright brothers and lived in my hometown of Fairfield, Connecticut. This one is hot girl and totally hot girl, which is a gag and is based on two very real uh, uh, young ladies who um, are one is hot and the other one's totally hot. <laughs> which I have to mention because you just said so. One of those was my ex. <laughs> which one was your ex, Mark? I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not saying either. And then uh, Perceptions, which is the, another comic that I, that I wrote. That's my favorite of the ones that you've done with us is Perceptions. Well, I did that, I did that with, uh, with David Krillis and he and I wanted to work together. And, he, he, and, and the thing about it was, David has such an amazing style. I would always watch him at, at comic book shows uh, uh, drawing. And he, had, he, he works in ink and he gets his hands completely covered in ink because of the way he writes, the way he, he illustrates. And I loved it. And so I said, I'm going to write a story. And I, I, I got the story and I gave it to him and I said, draw it. You know, and I, I didn't give him panel descriptions. I just said, basically, here's what's happening on each page. Just draw it. And he you marveled that. He pulled yeah, the marvel he, method. He really did. He did a great job. And it, it took him a couple of years to do it. And I said, no, no, I'm willing to wait because I want him. I want his art work. And, and he did just a, such an amazing job on that. Um, this is um, this is one of my this is my earlier work. This is Agent Unknown. I did this for, as I said, I could have looked over here and said, oh, look, I did it for Renegade Press. That's a, an espionage series that uh, was kind of uh, my version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Um, currently, I'm working uh, with uh, the guys over at Red Anvil. I'm doing Cyberines and uh, Owl Girls. And uh, uh, Cyberines is a Joe Martino uh, character that, that uh, was given the assignment, and I'm, I've been writing that. And, I'm, and, and, when I got the, and when I got the artwork back on, on that book, I went, wow, this looks like a comic book. And Joe was like, of course, what did you think it was going to look like? And I went, no, no, you don't understand. This is the first real superhero comic book that I've ever written. And it's amazing. And it looks just like comic books that I was reading. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing for me. Um, but anyway, let me go back to Indelible. Indelible, we're using the Dell characters, uh, which are now in the public domain. And uh, I've had two, uh, two books. This one is uh, Tales from the Tomb. And this one is uh, Spades. And I also had, uh, oh, and I have a, a short story in uh, this. We did an indelible prose book. So I did a bunch, so I've done a bunch of things for them. I got a couple more stuff coming out. Um, this one was a very cool book. I got hooked up with these guys. This is called In Memoriam. It's a, um, a, uh, a celebration of the 100th anniversary of the World War I, which came out in uh, 2016. Which was the hundredth anniversary of, of that, and uh, and I wrote a story about the uh, uh, flyers in England, uh, and I worked in uh, um, a, a sideways reference to Gustav Whitehead because you know why not? Oh, we have a, a hand. Well, we have a hand raise. So oh, I, I'm, I'm, we have a question from the from the the panel here. Uh, let me see if I can figure this out. This is me not knowing what I'm doing. Um, from Eleanor. Wait, it's not. Yeah. We can't hear you, Eleanor. You have to hit the button. There you go. Eleanor, ask your question. Okay. I just want to know if 
I forgot the man's name that was just talking. Robert? Speaking. Yes. Robert. Okay. Uh, if he knows Frank Giella, he's an illustrator, comics. Uh, I'm not familiar with him. He, sound- he, does, he did Marvel, Marvel uh, comics, in fact. He's what done a He's sorry, what was his, what was his last name again? Giella. Giella. The name sounds familiar, but I, I don't. I've never met him. Uh, he's really well known uh, in the comics, uh, you know, in, yeah. in the genre. I mean, that's all he's done all his life. He has a studio up in his uh, in his room in his house, and he lives on my block. <laughs> ah. and I've seen his work in his studio. You know, it's beautiful. And he's in his nineties, and he's still doing things he's still illustrating so i just wondered if you knew him no not personally i i've met quite a number of uh of, of uh people in the industry i actually met stan lee um a couple of times and uh i act i i i actually uh ghosted four chapters in the last two books by stan lee uh, how to create superheroes and how to create superheroes master class well, just uh, briefly, why don't you explain what ghosting means for people who don't know? Oh, ghosting. Uh, Stan it did sounds not, like I, you left Stan, Stan Lee on a date and he didn't show up. No, no. <laughs> Stan did actually not write. There's four books in that series. Stan did not write any of the books. Um, as a surprise here, he, he lent his name to us and we, we wrote uh, how to, you know, how to, they're all about how to create comic book characters. And so a number of writers uh, contributed to, uh, to the four books. I contributed to the last two. Um, and, uh, we ghosting was, we all wrote, but we wrote as if we were Stan Lee and theoretically people <clears throat> hopefully believe that Stan wrote the books, but he, all not he now was gave us his, well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. all you embodied, I, you embody Stan Lee. All right. Well, was, well, that was, ship sailed. <laughs> no, no, that that's fun because now I get to tell all my friends, uh, I'm I'm Stan Lee and you're not. (laughs) That's fair. So we're almost out of time. So we got to hit the um, social media places. So where can people find out more about you? What are all the websites? Go. Okay. I'm on Facebook. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. uh, Robert Sodaro on Facebook. I am on, hold on. I got to, I got to move this over here from there to there. I'm going to look the other way. He's Uh, like me. (laughs) Yeah. I got two screens here. Um, Funny. I'm on uh, Twitter at funnybook underscore city funny book city uh i am on uh, let's see uh reddit uh, as the professor one i am oh you know what? but i do want to point out that i'm over at uh, i've been writing if you want to read stuff i'm at uh, on hub pages hubpages.com at robert j sodaro that's where i've been posting my reviews um one of the one of the uh, two the last two books i reviewed one was uh, voting is your superpower which was a book by uh um by uh, Craig Yo, he uh, uh, he got together with books from the fifties and sixties and about voting, and it was a very cool book. It, a lot of the stuff is is still pertinent today about why voting is important. And I also wrote a forward for the Bronx superheroes, uh, the Bronx heroes versus uh, in Trump land, and it was by uh, um, by my good friend uh, um, Ray, Ray Felix, and I'm a Bronx hero. Ta-da. And um, I couldn't see that because I was looking at the wrong screen. Uh, so there was a, that was a, a book that was uh, complete satire. And that's also available. Both those books are available on, on Amazon, I believe. Um, but yeah, they, I, again, 
so there's that. That's hub pages. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Tumblr. You know, you can do a search for me. You'll find me. I'm all over the place. All right. So um, we are now really, really out of time. So we're going to do it for our last uh, final thoughts. So let's see. Uh, the, the Charlie, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, do you have a final thought for us? No, my only final thought is... No, but I hear so my much. final thought. <laughs> no, no, I don't have a final thought. I hope it's not my final thought, but it's a thought. So shut up, Mark. We're out of time. Um, anyway, I just wanted to thank Bob uh, so much for coming down. Um, we are happy to have him. Yes, thank thanks, thanks for coming down to at your own house on virtual uh, meeting. I'm sorry, Charlie. I just had to pick on you for that one. Um, Jen, do you have? Thanks, Mark. You're the best. <laughs> it's 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 the pain medication. Jen, do you have any final thought for us? Final thought: Always floss and water pick, and never assume because you know what happens when you assume, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I watched the Odd Couple. I know. Dominic, do you have a final thought? Uh, go to Indie Planet. I know Bob has a bunch of comics there. Look them up. And there are three from Pronto Comics. Go buy his comic books. Bob, and I, and your and final Mark, thought. I, yes, uh, Mark. I put the the uh, the link to the uh, uh, the the uh, zombie movie up in the chat section. I don't know if you want to add that in there someplace, or at least spread it around so people can go there because oh, I got a fun movie. I got to save that. So let me save it, and I yeah. will post it on our Facebook page and on our YouTube page. Okay, mm -hmm. copy. Uh, so, do you have a final thought for us? Uh, read comic books because they're great. They're not just about superheroes. You, all kinds of comics are out there. And uh, that's all I got. So my final thought is this. Um, I've known uh, Bob for, for many years. Um, it's really cool to see that you have done it all from the, the, the start of being a journalist to actually doing uh, the comic book work and of a wide variety. Not everybody can write every different type of a uh, book. And I think that's really cool of that. Uh, make sure you guys go to, as uh, Dominic says, anyplanet.com. Make sure you guys buy his stuff. He's an awesome guy. Uh, make sure you message him because he's a really great guy. Great stories to tell. He is a plethora of information. Um, so that is it. I just want to mention that uh, our next live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library, that's www.eastmetal.info, will be on December 9th. And we're going to have a uh, comic creator, Tom, Todd Matthew, will be with us. So make sure you go to uh, the East Metal Public Library and click on the link to register for that. There are other Dude, you're just hitting up all the Pronto Comics guys? Oh, no. Actually, well, because you actually had mentioned him in a, in a post and I was like, oh, let me talk to that guy. It seems interesting. Yeah. So, yes. Um, so that's going to be that. Uh, make sure you guys follow um, the East Mount Public Library for many other projects because they have tons and tons and tons of live programming for people who are locked in their home right now. Now's your chance to do it. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Uh, join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, Tough. Go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. Listen to the archives in a week or so. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Um, check out the archives, which will be on our YouTube page for this show and our regular show. And uh, we will see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.